Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I think that we are undecided. And that might be a first time. I don't know no, about the other I, seasons. I, I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this. He, I'm being I'm being very honest with you. I can't give you a decision. And she she can't give you a decision either. I feel like you're doing this to play with her and now to play with us. Let's just get on with the episode. Hi, welcome everyone to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Karen Perry, <laughs> Married at First Sight Edition. I don't have to embarrass myself, and yet every week I continue to do it. Why? Why? Um, decision day, you guys. It is officially decision day. Let's talk about all the couples. Oh, Lord. The outfits, the drama, the lack of drama, the pink engagement ring question mark let's talk about it um i mean i feel like we should get our most boring couples out of the way so let's start with ryan and clara um so ryan goes into to decision day looking like the most precocious little boy at the baptist church who's about to do his first choir solo like that gold bow tie was practically wider and I would even venture as, so far as to say that it was wider than his actual head. What and why? What was he thinking? And why did I have to be sub- to, uh, subjected to it? Oh, what a disaster. Um, Pastor Cal says, you know, Claire's no pushover. And he asked Ryan, you know, how he deals with that. Because, Ryan, you're sort of an alpha male yourself. <laughs> what? Uh, is he? 
when? When? Like, maybe he's an alpha male to, like, incels, because from my understanding of incels, it's that they are, they can't get laid. So it's like involuntary celibacy, right? So to me, maybe Ryan is like the king of the incels because he has the ability to have sex with a very attractive woman and yet he chooses not to. So if that is an alpha, you know, I, I'll take a beta every day. Um, Dr. Viviana asks about the intimacy or really the lack thereof. And Clara says, you know, we're going slower Things are going slower than I would prefer. And, you know, we have spoken about it a few times. I just realized this is not the hill that I'm willing to die on. If we're going to be together, married for another 50 years, what's another couple months? And it's like, well, that really sounds like settling, girl. I don't know. I mean, do you, if you, if we get to a couple months and it's still not happening, how are you still, still feeling about that 50 years, girl? I don't know. <laughs> Two months might feel like 70 years before you know it. Then Dr. Pepper, you know, tries to slyly be like, okay, have he, has he said, I love you? Um, she uses the term, the phrase, um, have any words of affirmation been exchanged? <laughs> Clara says, no, it's like, we haven't said, I love you, but there's been sort of in an indirect situation. And Ryan interrupts her and says, you know, I've been very clear about how I have been feeling, how slowly I want to take things in that area. And, you know, it's to get to me is like, you kind of have to like chip and chip and chip and chip, keep chipping, chipping. And it's like, but it feels like, like a prisoner having to chip away at the walls of the prison with a spork, you know? that's what it feels like. And the fact that he seems to think that that is like just something that somebody like just Ryan things, like something that somebody should have to deal with. And like, that's just how I am. And like, that's a perfectly healthy way to live your life. I don't like that. And I don't like that. They didn't um, really hold him to task about that. Like everybody's allowed to have boundaries and everybody's allowed to open up to whoever they want whenever they want but also sometimes we have to look at ourselves you know sometimes we have to look at ourselves and say is it really worth it like somebody shouldn't have to try that hard to get on the inside of whatever is in your fortress emotionally I I think I, I don't like that I don't like that and I don't like that for Clara because I really do like her I really do. Um, so then we get to the making the decision part. Yeah, they both say yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no fanfare there. Clara says, this is the best relationship she's ever had. You're the best husband I've ever had, Ryan. And Ryan says, you know, I, I would 100% stay married to you. Like, for sure. For sure. Okay, boring. Next. Um, let's get to Brianna and Vincent. So... Really not much to say about them, y'all. Brianna kind of mentioned, or she did mention, but I feel like we didn't really get to talk about this much, that the night before, Vincent told her, I can't deal with this. 
Like, I can't. And by that, I guess she explained that he meant the way that she communicates with him. And we all know that the way that Brianna communicates with Vincent is uh, direct. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) Not in a bad way. Not even direct in a bad way. I don't, I can't remember in my mind a time where she really went over the line or said something that really should, you know, would have rubbed somebody the wrong way. I, I haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Um, so when they sit down for decision day, Vincent says, you know, we had a little trouble with our communication styles. And while Brianna's a kind person, she's kind of bossy. And he says she's a little bit more direct. I would say rude. And that really, really bothers me. Rude is bad. Rude is really bad. I don't know about you guys, but those are just words that I, not necessarily that you can't come back from, but it would be very difficult. I don't feel like Brianna's rude at all. And to say that, I just didn't like that. And it seems like he, it definitely appears as though he has a lot of work to do. And I don't like that for Brianna because much like Ryan and Clara, like I really like the Brianna, the woman equation of this relationship. And I feel like they are having to make a lot of concessions that I don't feel like they should have to. And it's a lot of compromising on their end. But like, what did Ryan compromise for this relationship? What did he give her? You know, what I would say less so like Vincent is clearly very, especially in the beginning, he was very um, forthright and vocal about his appreciation of Brianna and his respect of her, you know, unless she, you know, as long as she keeps her bitch mouth shut and um, how he really likes her. But we didn't even see that from Ryan, like really not at any point. Even when they were writing those letters, it still sticks with me that he was just like, you're a great boy, Ryan. Nothing in your life should, I would change. I would go back and change nothing, not because of the experiences that have made me the man who I am today, but because I'm perfect and I'm great. So good job for you, myself. I, what did, I don't know. I don't feel like, like, what did Brianna ever ask of Vincent? You know, and not that that necessarily is uh, always a determination of a good or bad relationship, but I just feel like Claire and Brianna just really had to do a lot of changing and amending of themselves, and I don't feel like it really went the other way. I really don't. Um, So in response to Vincent calling Brianna rude and direct and bossy <laughs> Brianna says I 100% do not mean any harm with him and I've really tried to keep my best to keep myself in check but you know my tone and directness is something that is a part of me and I can't change that part of myself regardless of who Vincent wants me to be and who I want you know and yeah and regardless of who Vincent wants me to be so Pastor Gallagher was like all right well the time has come if you guys want to get a divorce or you want to stay married. <laughs> so Brianna says, you know, 
I don't want to change the fit to fit the mold of what a person wants me to be, but I love the person who I'm becoming by being with Vincent and he means the world to me. And I, she wants to stay married. He wants to stay married. He says, um, you know, so first he starts off by being like the whole, uh, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. And then he says, you know, there's something that I should tell you and there's something that I missed. So then he gets down on one knee, but then he pulls out a box from underneath the couch and proposes her to her with a cheesecake. Now, she starts to cry and says it means more to her the cheesecake than a ring would. Now, personally, I'm more of like a chocolate chip cookie bitch and... Personally, I would find somebody handing me a box of cheesecake, like, an act of aggression and hatred, frankly. But she seemed really happy. Like, she actually cried at that plain cheesecake. And, you know, I love that for her. I really do. All right. Let's move on to Haley and Jacob. So, Haley says that this experience has really helped her learn about her emotions and how to communicate because (laughs) I don't know why I'm using that voice. (laughs) She's been really um, into her emotions. Into me, I see, says Haley. Um, And she says, you know, I can tell people how I feel now. So then... She and Jacob immediately start to get into it. And honestly, you guys, I truly thought that they, last episode, had sort of not necessarily decided that they liked each other, but at least that they had decided, we want to stay married just to try and give this a shot, maybe see what happens off camera. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I don't like to say that, but I was. Okay. Sometimes we have to tell the truth and it's not pretty. And that's my truth. Okay. So she and Jacob started getting into it about their first big argument that happened, what, mm, three days in to their marriage. And then Jacob says that, you know, like I had a talk with Haley's family and they told me to give her a little space. And Haley says, well, I kind of feel like Jacob was projecting a lot of his past relationship drama onto me. And she says, when Jacob gave me space, it just felt like he really wasn't putting any effort into our relationship. And Jacob says, well, I'm sorry, that wasn't my intention. And actually, it was the opposite. <laughs> Haley makes a face immediately like, what are you talking about? So Pastor Cal kind of calls her out on it and says, well, your expression leads me to believe that that's not how you feel. Haley. (laughs) And Jacob says, you know, I can only give you my perspective on what I was trying to do. Every day I would try to ask you questions and get to know you. And Haley says, yeah, but you would ask me the same questions over and over again. I would get frustrated. They were heavy questions. And I just wanted us to take a break, take a breather, have some fun instead of answering these questions over and over. So Dr. Pepper asked, well, what were the questions? What was he asking you? And Haley said, well, he kept asking me and like, what was missing? And if I was attracted to him and Jacob's like, oh no, I only asked you once if you were attracted to me. And she's like, you didn't. You asked me that multiple times. He says he only asked her once what was missing or maybe a couple times. And she denies that too. And says it was like an everyday constant thing with him. 
And Dr. Pepper says, I just think it's kind of interesting that you guys are at this point because when I had you guys do that, um, write each other nice things about each other letter, you had no problem doing that. Like y'all said very nice things to one another. And Jacob says, you know, I think as individuals, we can find positive aspects about each other. But I think the other part of that is, but as a couple, we just don't work. Like, we get it, but no. No, thank you. Um, so Pastor Cal turns to Jacob and says, okay, so if Haley said to you, I don't want to be divorced and I want to try, what would you say? And Jacob says, well... I would say that we had eight weeks to try and we never really did. So Pastor Cal asks Haley the same thing. What would you say if Jacob asked you to try? And he's, she says, I, I would really say the same thing. But then she says, you know, I put in all the effort that I could, all the effort that I had to give. And if I tried to stick this out, I would just feel like I was settling. Damn. Damn. <laughs> You're not wrong, but that hurts. But then she says, you know, Jacob and I's perspectives are really different. And we never really had a connection or we got past the arguments they had. So I want to stay married. Just kidding. Obviously, they both want to get divorced. So, you know, uh, I, I got that one wrong. Out of my predictions, I have to say that I got that one wrong. All right. All right. Let's move on. Moving on to Eric and Virginia. I know with the last couple of couples, I didn't talk about the retrospective montages of the relationship, highs and lows over the course of the eight weeks, because usually they're like really boring and fast forwardable, like I did with uh, <laughs> um, Vincent and Brianna. But I found Eric and definitely Chris slash Patty Melts to be very chilling and upsetting to me and my homegirls. So. When Eric starts talking about the negative parts of Virginia, he says she loves to have fun, but she doesn't realize that it's not the only thing in life and our love knows no bounds, but she's a person who needs boundaries and she snaps to judgment when she should think things over, but my world is better with her. Ew. <laughs> like, does he not hear? I know, I know the answer is no, but does he not hear himself? I thought that was so very strange. It was the voiceover of a man who does not get that really he's the problem in the relationship. And I don't think, I mean, y'all know that I don't think Virginia is perfect by any means, but he's so controlling. He's so manipulative. And this like decision day thing that they had was so yuck. To me it really really was um so dr pepper they sit down and dr pepper notices that eric is really nervous and he says it's because he, you know he's not 100 percent sure if he knows that uh, what virginia's answer is going to be because there are all these walls up with her and they have a level of love for each other but he thinks that they're not at the point where virginia has allowed him to come into her life and then he says, I know I'm not her number one person right now. I know that. The Dr. Viviana asks who Virginia's number one is. And he says, well, probably her friend group. She's known them for years and et cetera. So, and then Eric says, you know, I want to be the number one person in her life. 
very Jax Taylor. <laughs> and Virginia says, you know, I've just been, it, it's been so hard for me to let somebody in and let somebody be that number one person for me because, you know, I'm so used to being single and independent for the past five years and I definitely still have a card up. So then Eric says, you know, your spouse should be your number one person no matter what. And Virginia is my number one person and someone who I'll always be there for. And I just want that in return. And, you know, I don't want to get my heart broken again. Yeah, that, this is exactly the issue. You don't want to get played and have another divorce, especially one that happens on TV. This He doesn't love you, girl. He doesn't love you. He is obsessed with you. He love bombs you. He blames everything in your relationship on you and your childhood and your upbringing and your past. He takes, not once did he take accountability for his actions in the relationship. If you say, I know I'm not her number one person, why didn't they ask why? Like, it's not your wall. It's not the walls that she has up. It's the fact that you want to control every aspect of her life in this relationship. I think if if he allowed her just a little bit of wiggle room, she probably would have been a lot more vulnerable and a lot more willing to let him in. But why would anyone? She sees his issues. She sees them. And I thought it was just really shitty that everything leading up to the actual decision-making moment was about her and her faults and what she could do differently and how she has a problem. No, no. And the fact that he would say in that montage that she needs to have boundaries and, you know, she needs to, um, you know, uh, realize that fun is not the only thing in life and uh, she snaps to judgment she her I don't really think she's been judging you in the way that you deserve frankly because you've she's been spending most of the time trying to defend herself over all the judgments that you've been making it was so weird and upsetting to me so anyway, Dr. Pepper turns to Virginia and says, you know, I'm feeling a lot of emotion coming from you. And I also feel like you're on the cusp of an even bigger emotion. So where is that coming from? Virginia says it's always been hard for her to need somebody, whether it be financially or emotionally. And then we get to decision, the decision point. And Eric says, you know, he keeps love bombing her over and over again and manipulating her and frankly guilting her into remaining in this relationship, I felt the entire time he had taken control of the situation and gotten ahead of the situation. Like, how do I make her feel as guilty as possible in order to get her to stay and to say yes? I would be really curious to know, and I had a conversation with my sister about this. Should we mix up decision day a little bit by having the individuals talk to the experts and say how they, what, what their decision was, and then have the couples come together and say what their decision is privately or not even privately, but in front of the, the, um, in front of the experts, because I feel like we would get a whole different 
sort of decision day, I feel like when one goes before the other and maybe, I, I don't know, and maybe they just say yes and then their production has them do this like um, hemming and hawing and all these monologues before they say yes. I don't know, but I just, I often wonder, like especially with Miles and Karen or... I can't think of another couple, but I would just wonder, like, if the roles had reversed and Virginia had gone first, what would we have seen? What would her answer have been? So obviously his answer is yes. And he gets down on one knee and says, I just want to say one thing. Will you stay married to me? Was that a pink ring? It looked like a like a baby pink, like usually when the guys, you know, uh, re, um, propose on decision day, they actually have an engagement ring with the stone, but this just looked like, a 25 cent plastic, like rubbery band. And I feel like <laughs> the production didn't zoom in on that ring probably because they were just as confused as I was like, what was that? Anyway, Virginia says yes. Okay. Um, and I just, I just didn't like it. I feel like they didn't hold Eric's calloused feet to the fire as much as they should have. And I know that because of the pandemic that, you know, we didn't get as much expert intervention, I feel like they would have really needed it. I feel like they would have really held a mirror to Eric's behavior. And I just, I just wish that things had gone differently. I really do. I think Virginia deserves a little bit better. I think she needs to grow up for sure. But I also think she doesn't need to grow up and find herself and mature with a guy like Eric. I think that is the worst possible situation. <sighs> Prayers up for you, girl. Um, when Virginia does her confessional after decision day, she's talking about, you know, I'm, I'm really confident in like our foundation and you know, like, I hope, you know, it's not the best foundation, but I hope it'll carry us through. And she just felt very nervous and like she was talking very quickly and she really had a hard time looking at the camera or at production. She kept looking down and it just felt like she didn't really believe what she was saying. Did anybody else catch that? Mm. All right, let's move on to... <sighs> I had to, like, pause and really shift my brain for the absolute bullshit that we saw with Chris and Paige. Just every moment is an absolute disaster and it's the patty melt show it's the patty melt show featuring patty melt um with special guest page being a dumbass it's, ugh, it's so frustrating <laughs> i'm so glad i am so glad we're done with them so when they were doing the montage of their relationship over the past eight weeks chris chris said that he risked everything for love y'all I about fell out of my bed uh, what did you okay then he says 
that at times Paige would get agitated quickly and would shut down and she struggled to protect him and his feelings. Does he expect us to forget that he sat there the last time we saw him, he sat there in front of a man of the cloth in front of Pastor Cal and called this woman all kinds of ugly, why didn't you guys pick anybody better? I'm I don't have the type, but like damn, you really got this one wrong. Sat there and blamed the experts for not picking a bad bitch like he feels like he deserves, even though again, open mouth open face sandwich in the face, that man, and I just could not believe it. I mean, thank God. This is why we need, like, responsible gun ownership, because if I had one, I would have shot my TV right there. I would have shot it seven times. I, she failed to protect you and your feelings? She would uh, get agitated quickly? My God, do you think that maybe it's because you told her you weren't attracted to her, and then about 12 hours later, you told her that you were having a baby, and then about... 48 hours after that you um went on a whirlwind trip to Chicago instead of moving into the apartment and then never moved into the apartment and then continued to play her continued to like whisper sweet nothings into her ear and then just string her along and then tell her that at the end that she wasn't showing up enough for the relationship and she only wanted to talk to him and communicate with him when they were filming. Gosh, do you think that might have anything to do with it? Do you think it might, um, when you told her, um, I'm going to get my baby mama a Mercedes, Mercedes for Mercedes. And why didn't you come to the car lot with us? Kick, Kick rocks, dude. I really, I just want, I wish, because we see him wearing those like stupid blue suede loafers that have no tread on him, on them. And I just wished him just a lifetime of slippery, slick, hardwood floors. You know what I mean? You see where I'm going with this? I just, ugh, ugh, God. So Pastor Cal starts off by asking him what the highlights of their relationship were. (laughs) Even the good parts are bad, Cal. Even the good parts are bad. Um, Chris says that he really enjoyed the last day that we saw them together playing pool. He enjoyed them playing basketball. He said they had a Bible study and that felt like a different form of intimacy. And then he says, I felt like in those moments I had an ally in her. And like she was a secret weapon. What? What? Get out of here. The man disgusts me. (laughs) So then Paige says she likes that he's vulnerable (laughs) and that he never backs down and she feels like God put them together for a reason. But also she didn't feel valued or respected and to know that he's having a child, it's a lot. (laughs) Dr. Viviana took one for the team and she's like, you know, I'm going to kick myself if I don't ask you this, Paige. Why did you keep coming back? (laughs) And Paige says, you know, I was hopeful. And I think at the time it was confusing and I was falling in love with the idea of marriage so much that I was losing myself in the process. You absolutely were. 
you were losing yourself, you were losing your edges, you were losing any sort of self-confidence that you had, and you were probably losing some points on your credit score. I mean, thank God he didn't move into that apartment. I would have been very nervous about him having access to your um, personal information any more than he already did. You might want to check and see um, whose name is under Mercedes, uh, Mercedes, if you know what I mean. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Lord. Anyway, Dr. Pepper asked Chris... You know, if you could do it all again, would you have been kinder to Paige? <laughs> Are there anything, things at all that you would take back if you could? Look, Chris says, as far as regret, I regret not moving into the apartment. You were the best thing that I never treasured. And I would have, you're everything that I would have wanted in a wife. Okay, well, whose problem is that? Whose problem is that? At this point, the cameras cut to the experts, <laughs> and they're all looking at each other like, can you believe this shit? Come on. Chris goes on to say that he allowed um, external circumstances to affect their relationship. Like, oh, okay, never mind. Um, but, you know, from the bottom of his heart, he's legitimately sorry for all of this and says that Paige is what he needed in a wife. Pastor Cal starts to laugh and then he has to hide that laugh. Like he has to cover his mouth to hide the fact that he's laughing. The page says, you know, I've been waiting for that. And I really appreciate you saying that. And then he says, Paige, when I told you I was falling in love, I meant that. No, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't, dude. So then Pastor Cal makes a face and is like, bro, what is, what is this all about? What are you doing? And then Chris drops an unfortunate bomb. He says, you know, Paige, I really wanted to tell you this over the phone in private, but Mercedes has a, had a miscarriage. And of course, everybody's very apologetic. I mean, it's a very sad situation. He starts to get emotional and walks up off the couch and, you know, outside and Paige follows him. So I don't know if there was something going on with the editing because later Paige said that they were sitting there doing their decision date for six hours. So Chris walks out and it looks like Paige is not far behind him because she gets up and follows him before he's out the door. 
and she walks um outside and there's you know a couple people in production a couple camera people and they're they tell her oh he got in his car and he left girl and she's like what <laughs> and it just felt like how could he have left so quickly so what i'm imagining happening happened is he left he drove off and he came back and they were probably waiting for him for god knows how long to come back so when we come back to com- from commercial break, Paige ends up getting in his car. Chris is crying. Paige says, I'm actually really concerned about your mental health right now. He keeps saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he says, you know, I know how much you wanted this. You know, blah, blah, blah. And Paige says, you know, I, I know that you really wanted to meet the baby. And he says, it's not even about that. Okay. (laughs) It's not even about that. It's about everything. Like I wasn't trying to be such an asshole and I wasn't trying to diss you or degrade you because I care about you. And then he says after Vegas, he felt alone. Did you feel alone? Cause you didn't go to Atlanta because you were literally alone because at the last minute you decided to hop on a plane to go to Chicago. Is that why you felt alone? What do you mean you felt alone? What? Okay. So he said he didn't know what to do and he felt embarrassed and like everybody hated him. So he should just try to save at least a part of himself and by backing out. But in the end, she was affected by his actions. He then says, I need you to know I wasn't trying to hurt you. I was trying to guard and protect myself. I was selfish and you didn't deserve any of this. And it's my job to protect you and cover you. And I didn't do any of that. And I'm sorry. I hate that. I hate that. Because we saw the things that he would say to her. And even further, we saw the things he would say about her. To other people. To the experts. So to act like, oh, I, it's not even that he didn't protect her. It's that he literally pushed her out of a moving car theoretically (laughs) and was just like oh um, sorry sorry about that girl you need a band-aid oh okay i can call you an uber to the hospital girl sorry um you're gonna have to take a uh, an uber pool because you know i don't really fuck with you like that so you know you might have to make a couple stops first but i got you i got you for like $20. So, you know, find the nearest hospital if you can look that up on your phone and hurry up, please. Hurry up. Um, cuz I cuz I got somewhere I got to go um to the car lot to another luxury dealership to um, you know, get get somebody else a car. So, in a confessional, Chris says, "I think be- me and Paige had both made our decision coming into this, but now she sees me at my lowest moment and she's here for me and I'm thinking what am I doing? I got a good ass woman. So you're suggesting that both of y'all were going to say no until, until you realized that you could weaponize your tears and try and get a better reaction. Y'all can't tell me this man was about to play her even more like a fool. And then was like, Oh, um, what can I do to maybe turn this around? And I'm sorry, but I feel like we all saw that, right? We all saw that. 
The back in the car page says, what do you want to do? And he says, I don't know what to say or do right now. And then in her own confessional page says, I'm extremely overwhelmed right now. My emotions are on a 10 and I'm starting to have second thoughts because this is the first time that Chris has affirmed to me as a woman and as a wife and I felt it. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I feel like you just said everything you needed to know. This was the first time that it didn't seem like they had had any sort of communication between the time they stopped filming and decision day. And that now all of a sudden, this is the first time that he did anything to sh show, or I don't even want to say show, just to say anything nice about you or to you. That should not be swaying your decision one way or the other, girl. Get therapy. Therapy, girl. She already said she had two therapists, right? Get a third. Get a third. So they get out of the car and they're walking inside and Chris asks, you know, are you cold? And he asks her a couple times. She says yes, but not, we don't see him offer the jacket until they already get back inside. And I feel like that is a true metaphor for their relationship. You just leaving her out in the cold you're saying the right things, but your actions don't really happen until it doesn't matter anymore. Right? Y'all feel me? Um, so they sit down on the couch and Pastor Cal asks Chris, you know, are you okay? And he seems genuinely concerned. And Chris says, yeah. And then Cal asks Paige how she feels about what just happened. And Paige says, you know, like, I'm just really overwhelmed. It's a lot, okay? <laughs> and Dr. Viviana... <laughs> Dr. Viviana says, Why are you overwhelmed with all of this? <laughs> Question of the evening, girl. Why are you overwhelmed? And Paige says, Well, I just feel like this was the main reason, being the child, was the main reason why our marriage didn't work out. And now that it's been taken away, it's just like, oh, wow. Uh, first of all, yikes. Secondly, wrong. The baby was not the problem. Did you forget when he had sex with you twice and then told you that he wasn't attracted to you? That's problem number one. Okay. Um, the baby was not the biggest issue. And that's really something to put into perspective. The fact that he had unprotected sex with a woman well into the uh, decision-making process and then sired a baby. And that's not the biggest problem that you guys have. Let that sink in, Paige. Let that one sink in. So, Pastor Cal's stuttering and he's like, I just, I want, I want to, I want to be sensitive to what's going on but I also feel like, wasn't the relationship already in jeopardy before you had a baby? Thank you. Thank you, Calvin. But Chris says, well, I did have issues with attraction. And outside of day one, I just felt like things were heading down in the right track. And it makes me think, what if there was no pregnancy? But he's just taking what she said and using it to his advantage to manipulate her into saying yes. So... Let's just cut to the chase, says Pastor Cal. 
are you saying that this relationship is not over? Chris says he has feelings for Paige and she's everything I need in a wife and if I had a time machine, I would go back and start the process over. Like, you would put a condom on? What do you mean? What do you mean? Because <laughs> I'm thinking about the entire process when you were having a whole sexual relationship with somebody else in the beginning, before you even met her. So is that what you mean? Okay. Um... So Pastor Cal shakes his head like, no. <laughs> and Paige says, I know. I know. So Pastor Cal, excuse me, she's like, I know, I know Pastor Cal. Like, I, I see it and I'm hearing it now. So Dr. Viviana is like, I, I just feel like what is happening? And Cal says, okay, Paige, so what is your response to what he's saying? Because you're now hearing things that you haven't heard before. You're probably feeling things that you thought had died. And Paige says, right. So Pastor Cal says, can I be straight with you? And Paige says, yes. And Pastor Cal says, I feel like while you're sitting here, I can feel that you still admire Chris. And Paige says, I really do. I wanted a happy marriage and to say yes on decision day and you know, just move on with our lives. But I feel like there's now a dark cloud over decision day. So I don't know. I don't want to say anything because I feel like I'd be acting on emotions right now. Okay. I mean, thank God for the spirit of, um, uh, you see it, you see it, girl, you see it. The pastor Cal says the issue with that is if you're saying I don't want a divorce, you're defaulting to say you want to stay married right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's time for you to make a decision. And so Chris says, I think we're undecided. And then he says, well, you know, maybe that's the first time it's happened on this show. And that was so smug. Like he was directing it. How are you going to answer for her when she just said she felt like there was a dark cloud over the situation? Oh, now all of a sudden you're going to be this good Christian man, the head of the household who's making decisions for you. Oh, I feel like we're undecided. Okay, well, what does that tell you guys? So Dr. Viviana says, I'm not okay with this. I'm being very honest with you. Chris says, well, I can't give you a decision. And she says, and so I can't give you a decision and she can't either. Did you let her make a decision? Because you're definitely playing spokesperson right now. Dr. Viviana says, I feel like you're doing this to play with her. And now you're playing with us. Thank you. And then Chris starts to get combative and says, you think I'm doing this on purpose? And Dr. Viviana says, yeah, I feel like you're trying to be a different person, but you were married. And Chris says, well, I don't give two... I don't give two flying anything and you're not going to control me and I don't owe you an answer tonight. Yes, the fuck you do. You signed a contract. So you do. <laughs> and if you don't, I think you might owe them some money, money that you don't have because you couldn't even keep a Subway sandwich franchise. One of the easiest franchises to maintain. Couldn't even keep that open. And you had all your, all your, um, trash cans and 
all the, you know, the little sandwich making station out in a singular, singular parking space outside of that rented space that you got for the subway. So are you going to pay them what you owe them for not fulfilling your contract? Because literally you will owe them something. You owe them an answer or you owe them some money. And frankly, I feel like he should just pay them money anyway. All of them, everybody in the cast needs, deserves money, deserves a stimulus check for having to be exposed. Joe Biden, if Chris could get on the phone with Joe Biden, everybody who watched Married at First Sight deserves a fourth stimulus check for having to be subjected to him. So Paige is like soothing Chris and patting his knee and tries to stop him to talk and then turns to Dr. Viviana and says, I understand your point because our situation has been extremely unorthodox and I appreciate your patience with us, but I feel like I would have been able to make a clear decision at least had we made it past the honeymoon, but I think, you know, and I think if we had a couple more weeks together, I would have been fine in my decision on whether or not I was done and if I wanted to continue but we didn't have any of those things thank you he did not give you any opportunity you did not get the experience that everybody else got to experience he did not move into the apartment he showed up you know in his tight Aeropostale jeans and you know a tie-dye t-shirt and you know he just sauntered in and got to do what he wanted and fulfilled his obligations, and then left. That's exactly what he was doing. And I just thought it was wild how much leverage Chris had on production. We often saw them having these private conversations, conversations that he didn't, you know, he was insisting that they take their mics off and not film. And we would have to hear what happened from Paige later. He had a lot of sway and power in the whole process of this show and I think that is actually shocking and truthfully I wish that they had just held his dirty feet to the fire and said you're gonna play by our rules because you signed this contract and really let roll roll that beautiful bean footage and let them see who he really was which is a garbage monster like Oscar the Grouch is practically Captain America, you know, compared to Chris. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
So Paige says, right now I'm kind of wondering in the back of my head if we would even be still having this conversation if Mercedes was still pregnant. Thank you. Thank you. This is the most reasonable thing that Paige has said the entire season. Chris says, eight weeks is not enough to make a decision and, you know, they, meaning the experts, should respect that. But, uh, no. Why would they? Why would they? You had eight weeks and you really were only in the relationship for three days. So you really are not in any position to say that eight weeks was not enough because you had the opportunities and you didn't show up and you decided to end the relationship and stop filming because she quote, wasn't showing up for you. So fuck that dude. So Pastor Cal says, what are you saying? Are you deciding to stay married for now? Is that what you're telling me? Paige starts shaking her head and Dr. Pepper asks her why. And Paige says, I don't know. And then she buries her head in her hands and says, I'm sorry, y'all. This is all too much. And she starts crying. And then she gets up and walks away. And Chris follows her. And then they go into the side room. And Chris whispers in her ear, do you want to leave? Paige says, I think I'm done for today. I don't want to do this anymore. A member of production walks in the room and Paige asks to speak to her. And I recognized her as a woman that she had gone to and spoken to before. I can't remember after what instance, because there were so many times where Chris played the fuck out of her. But I definitely remember seeing her oh this would have been when they were on their honeymoon in vegas and right after he told her that mercedes was pregnant that's when we saw it so they Paige and this production lady must have a really nice relationship because she was like i need to talk to you girl like we need to talk so they go downstairs Chris goes back into the room where they have been having decision day he asked production to take his mic off the experts are confused about what's going on because they've probably been sitting there far longer than they meant to um, because they actually did Eric and Virginia's or they played Eric and Virginia's uh, decision day after them. And it clearly it was like a bright sunny day, <laughs> whereas with Chris and Paige, it was definitely after dark. And so we go back to Paige, cameras up or Cameras are up around Paige and she tells the producer, I just feel like I'm at my breaking point and part of me feels stupid as fuck for saying that I'm even undecided at this point. Again, another point for you, Paige. Like, finally, your third eye is open. So then she says, I've just never heard him say any of those things, so it's hard to gauge if what he's saying is real. No, your body is telling you that it's not real, but you want to believe it. And I get it. You want, I mean, who wants to believe that somebody would treat them like that? And who, and when they finally say the things that you feel like you deserve to hear, which she does deserve, I, I get how that would be confusing, but also that should be really um, enlightening for you that all of a sudden, at the very last moment, he's throwing all of these Hail Mary passes and he's saying all the things that you want to hear, which is really something he's been doing this whole time, but not to this degree. So I, I get why she's confused, but also I don't. Okay. <laughs> so then she says, I've just never heard him say those things. And Pastor Cal 
okay, so we're going between what Chris is talking to Pastor Cal about and what Paige is talking to the producer about. So at this point, we get back to the decision day room. Pastor Cal goes up to Chris as he's getting his mic off and starts to whisper to him, you need to make a decision and be not only responsible for her, but for yourself. Because at this point, it's not about the show. So then they turn back to Paige. She's telling the producer, I just don't want to make the biggest decision of my life by saying no. And the producer says, Paige, when you came here, were you sure of your decision? And Paige nods yes. And the producer says, so why are you questioning yourself now? Thank you. Thank you. So then we get back to Chris and Pastor Cal. And he whispers, Pastor Cal whispers to Chris, you have to respect her. And if she wants to leave you, you have to let her do that. And Chris says he wasn't trying to be disrespectful. And Pastor Cal tells him, be the man I know that you can be. Well, that's a lie. We've seen the man that Chris can be. He's either evil or he's manipulative. That is the only man that Chris can be. Um, so Dr. Viviana and Dr. Pepper are sitting there in the chairs. <laughs> they don't know what the hell's going on. And Viviana says to Pepper, I just feel like Paige was looking at me in a way that made me feel like she really wanted out of this. And Dr. Pepper says, yeah, I kind of picked up on that too, but I just don't want to push her. So in a voiceover, Pastor Cal says, it's not the job of the experts or the producers to make the decision for the cast members. It has to be entirely their choice. But Chris and Paige have been going back and forth for so long that right now we need clarity and for their own good, they need to make this decision tonight. <laughs> okay. Cause we got a budget and we're already running over. So Paige and Chris sit back down on the couch and Pastor Cal's holding his forehead like, girl, <laughs> I'm going to need the large Chick-fil-A lemonade when I get out of here, please. And Paige starts by saying, you know, I'm really not trying to revert back to my old ways. And they ask her what that means. And she says, well, by holding out a little bit of hope for us, yeah, but like, I haven't been choosing myself either. And to be honest, I don't really think that things will ch change. There's been a lot of hurt and I can't ignore that. And I don't know if I can stay in this. So Pastor Cal asks her what she means. And Paige says, I think for my emotional and mental health, I need to not stay married. Oh, the God that Paige has been talking about this whole life, who's been leading her down this road of disaster and despair and fuckboy hood has left the building and the spirit of discernment has come shining through and and thank god for you spirit thank god oh my god so chris in a confessional he says eight weeks ago i would have hoped that we would have ridden off into the sunset into a chariot but now i'm riding off into the sunset on my own, by myself, good, with your lame ass. So in a confessional, Paige says, Chris never really showed up for me or my marriage, so it's a no for me, because to me, love is a daily decision, and that shouldn't be taken for granted. Ugh. Thank God. 
now again, I saw the preview for next week where they have the, you know, where are we now status updates and <sighs> seems like he must have sunk his gnarled fingers into her yet again. So we'll see. We'll see. So we end the episode with all the couples, or rather all the cast members, getting back together for one last hurrah. Virginia says that Eric asks her father for permission to get married, and we get a flashback to that conversation. Y'all remember when Virginia said, I make all the effort in the world to get to know your family and you don't get to know mine? And then Eric FaceTimes with her dad. And... um. We get a flashback to that where he says, you know, I, on decision day, I'm going to actually propose to her. And I think he asked for permission, but I don't think, does it matter? doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, Jacob says, honestly, in reference to um, Eric and Virginia, I kind of didn't know what they were, where they were going to go because they did seem like up and down all the time, but I'm happy for them. So Haley then announces that she and Jake got a divorce, but she says she doesn't feel like she regrets anything. And then Clara asks Jacob how he feels about it. And he says he doesn't feel like he learned anything from the experience. That it just didn't work. <laughs> so Haley in a confessional says it's absolutely shocking to hear that he would not say excuse me, hear him say that he didn't learn anything from this. And honestly, it just confirmed that I made the right decision. Yes. True. The page says this experience has stretched her in a lot of ways and everybody's there except for Chris at this point. Um, the experience has stretched her in a lot of ways. And if she had to be honest, 60% of her was considering saying yes on con decision day. And then she tells them that, Chris said to her that she was the best thing she, he never appreciated and it pulled on a weird heartstring because she felt like he was being sincere and all the women are looking at her like, oh baby, please do better. Please do better than this. So we see all the women's reactions in a confessional. Virginia says, I'm confused because I don't see how this could have been a dis difficult decision for Paige. <laughs> So then back at this like backdoor thing, uh, Virginia asked Paige what her thought process was going into, you know, like, why, why would you say yes, basically? And uh, Paige says, you know, there are th some things that I don't want to speak on. I really feel like that's Chris, Chris's responsibility to address. That's really his business. I don't want to talk about it. And Virginia's like, okay, I totally respect that. Totally get it. Um, then she says that she and, um, ugh, that she and pay my face. <laughs> if y'all could have just seen my face, I had like the weirdest little facial tick and I could not speak. Wow. Okay. So then Paige says that she and Chris were there for almost six hours on decision day, but ultimately she had to love herself more and understood that what she needed in a partner and she wasn't getting it out of that dude. Um, so at that point, um, Chris shows up, Chris shows up. Brianna says, I can understand why Paige felt on the fence because 
she didn't ever really get to experience what the rest of us did. And Clara tells her, you know, my hope for Paige is that she can find somebody that she's not 60% invested in. Thank you. And see, this is why I fuck with Clara. That was something that had never even occurred to me when she said that. But as soon as Clara said that, like, you're absolutely right. You're at, like, 60% is bad, girl. <laughs> it's not good. Um, so, yeah, like I said, right when Paige says she's at peace with the whole decision, Chris walks in and he starts off by apologizing to everybody and says, you know, I really let my life interfere with everybody else's marriage and I never intended for that to happen. So I appreciate everybody being supportive of Paige because she was given the short end of the stick and you guys all deserve better. So Brianna asked Chris how he's doing and he says it was emotional and it was amazing to have Paige support him even though she didn't have to and and then he says, I wish I hadn't been such a rebel and that I had done things differently. So Claire asks him if he's learned anything, anything at all. <laughs> and Chris starts talking, you know, one of the lessons that I learned was in knowing that regardless of how successful you are, everyone still has areas of weakness. And, you know, I have a tendency to sweep things under the rug, but this process really held up a mirror in front of me and forced me to deal with things. Okay. Then Eric says he appreciates the apology and he accepts it without question and he wishes Chris the best in the future and they shake hands and Paige says in a confessional like wow I just didn't think I would see that day happen that they would shake hands and you know that it was like a really special moment for me. I was like no oh, okay. Um, so that was it. That was it. As far as Decision Day, I will be back to talk about the Where Are They Now special that's happening, I'm assuming, next week. And I will definitely be back in July, on July 21st, when they do a new season of Married at First Sight. I didn't hear them say what city they were going to be in, but it was apparent that they will be in Texas. So, I'm assuming last time they were in Texas, they were in Dallas? I think... So maybe they'll do Houston this time. We'll see. We'll see. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Bye.